Hello. Right, so in this episode I'm going to talk to you about staying positive. You know, I'm not going to patronise you and be like, write down 10 things and all this. And, you know, affirmations are great. And I do have that 20-a-day method. Uh, but positivity is a bit of a different kettle of fish. Now, I have my coffee here. So let's have a chat. Okay, so... Oh, let me just get comfortable. Right, so I'm not going to lie, I am known for my positivity. And I saw a... Uh, testimonial come through the other day that I haven't put up yet but it was um, said I love her consistent positivity and I thought ah you know it's a running thing this Um, now my life's not been easy Um, far from it Um, it's been failure after failure failed my GCSEs failed my bloody driving theory test six times I mean God loves a trier then failed the actual driving test once and then passed second. Uh, Reset my GCSEs, failed them. Um, and then it was like, oh, you're this, you're that, you're that. And I'm like, no, no, it's a lot of diagnoses. You're, you're dyslexic. I'm not dyslexic at all. I've took the test. Um, um, I just got one of them brains where if you put me in a um, exam conditions, it, I overthink. So what I do is I overstretch, right? I think that's a survival thing. So I need to know what's coming. So what I do, and this is why I make a great psychic if I don't say so myself, is because I see something and I go beyond what I see. Now in exam conditions, that's terrible because I'll get a question and then I go beyond the question and I think, oh no. And they told me, they say, you over explain yourself. You overthink, you're overthinking this, just dilute it. Anyway, I didn't have that skill set, did I? When I was young, I was just in this mode where I was just overstretching everything you know it's only now I've learned to simmer it down a bit um yeah so life-wise not easy been put in situations which haven't been great um yeah I think I've spoke this you know briefly but I had a friend who was inappropriate when I was younger and then you know kind of learning that that wasn't right you know you only know what you know as a kid and um you know, as you get older, you're like, actually, that's not normal. And you know, what's really bad is um, the shock of it for yourself. So you'll be sitting there having conversations with people and they go, Katie, that's not normal. And you're like, what? Doesn't everyone do that? And they're like, nope. And you still find yourself in situations where you, um, yeah, you, you think things are normal, you know? So I had a lot of sexual harassment. Oh, I've had loads. Um, yeah, and I don't know why. I don't know. I've got that energy about me, I think, where people just think they can. I think because I'm five foot three and a half, they're cute. Um, I'm pretty petite. And, you know, previously, before the Me Too thing, actually, the Me Too thing made the landscape a lot safer for me. So I do appreciate that. And I really thank everyone who got behind that. Because before, you see, everyone was just like barbarians. And I remember going to this house party and a guy just picked me up and took me upstairs and, I, and someone had to intervene because I couldn't get out of his arms and he was determined you know and I was like no get up and um again he just picks me up because I'm five foot three and a half like can you not you know so anyway I dodged that one but it just feels like a lifespan of dodging if I'm honest and then um yeah relationships have just been dire it's been one abusive one after another and it's just like what the fuck like all through my 20s is just terrible. Um, but I've got to a point now, I'm 41, 
I'm really fine tuning my work. And I think the majority of my work is actually based on the really bad experiences that I've had, which is fine. And actually some of the best research you can do, you know, and it's a really good driver. So how do you make someone's life who has, who's been toxic and whose life has been um, constant disappointment and constant failure and um, control and covert narcissism, covert abuse, uh, bullying by proxy. Like these are big words, but these are all the relationships that I've had. Uh, stalker for nine years. It's just been constant stress. If I'm not going to lie. I am not going to lie. So how do you make something funny out of that? How do you how do you make light of it? How do you how do you get positive? The first thing you want to do is you want to realize that it's not you. Like it really isn't. You know, it's the landscape versus you. So take for example Marilyn Monroe. She was very beautiful, very vulnerable. She'd come from a couple of child homes and was abused in those child homes. So she thought that behavior was normal. And then she enters Hollywood. Whoopsie. Like she even said she wanted to be careful of the wolves, you know. So someone that vulnerable enters that environment. So that wasn't her fault. She was capitalized on. She was used, you know. She was murdered in the end. I'm sorry, I don't care what anyone says. But yeah, so you see, it's it's you versus the environment all the time, all the time. And very rarely do we ever, does anyone, I haven't spoke to anyone who has had such a positive environment where they are thriving. You know, like, I think it's like the numbers are crazy, you know, for the for the environment that would be so safe and so positive that you would be such a stable person. So the first thing I want you to do is recognize that it's not you. Whatever your circumstances, whatever the pattern, and there will be a pattern, because a pattern continues because you either don't know about the pattern, and again, it's not your fault, or it's because you're tolerating it because you think it's normal. Again, it's not your fault, right? So first of all, please recognize it's, it, this isn't a you problem, it's a them problem, right? Um, it's like, to give you examples, it's like I'm an incredibly nice person and I always face two types of people. One type of person who takes the piss and the second type of person who respects my kindness and sees it as strength rather than weakness. Now, I would say, because I, you know, I have a business and I would say out of five services that I use for that business, one of them appreciates my kindness as strength. There's one lady in those five people that recognize that my kindness and my laid backness and it's and my, ah, oh, don't worry about it. No one's died. Don't worry about it. Chill. Isn't weakness. You know, they see it as a strength and therefore they, um, they are appreciative and they work with me. Those other people will miss deadlines. They will charge, overcharge me. They will cancel things last minute. They will not deliver on time. They will be inappropriate. Um, they will try and, um, you know, cross the line. And isn't that interesting? So if you look at the numbers already, my one character trait of kindness, you know, like, hello, let alone all the other delicious ones, you know what I mean? So you look at yourself, you know, the numbers aren't great. Now, 
the other thing I want you to do is laugh it off for fuck's sake, laugh it off. Um, you know, people who have a, um, oh gosh, here we go, speech impaired. People who I have, you know, opened up to. Um, well, you know, I have the majority of people are like, oh, you shouldn't laugh, it's not funny. Oh, how do you feel? Oh, you really want to go, you know, down the therapy route. Oh, you really need, and they um, add weight to it. I don't like that. Like, it's not, you know, chill out, man. Like, and, and people see humour as avoidance. They see it as I'm not recognising what's happened. I'm not, I'm, you know, on the on the surface I'm laughing, but underneath I'm destroyed. No, 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 no. Underneath I am also laughing. You know, adding a sense of humour really does, it, it's a type of medicine. And you have to recognise that you are separate from this world. So it's it's you versus the world at the, at the at the end of the day. You are separate. So whatever happens to you is like, ah, you know, whatever, you know, to a degree. I'm not I'm not minimising your experiences whatsoever. But a sense of humour really, really does help. Um, some of the some of the most remarkable people that I've met that have been through absolute hell have the ability to laugh at things or have have at least an opportunity to laugh at aspects of what's happened and it keeps them above board it keeps their sanity there's um, something about I don't know whether it's the dopamine levels that get released or whether it's just the mental framework in which you approach these things that help keep you mentally in line with it so please for god's sake laugh as much as you can because it will actually minimize the experience for you okay there was there was a time when I was going through everything and unpacking everything and I got so overwhelmed and I felt so much shame and I felt so destroyed that I was just like I can't believe all of these things have been happening like what the hell and then I thought hang on a minute this attitude is not serving me whatsoever like I'm not going to be a victim of life you can forget it so I added, started adding these snippets of sense of humor. And you know what? It makes life so much better and it makes the work so much better and it makes empathizing with clients so much better. And I think I always try and reflect with clients like, was that a great session? Did they get anything out of it? And in business, you always want two things. So you want return business and referrals and they're my top two. So that's really good. It shows that I'm doing something right. And I think what we are able to do in the safe space that we create is that we actually do laugh and approach things with a minimal standpoint. So we go, oh, fucking hell, what's going on now? You know, with a degree of entertainment. And it helps shift the energy. So adding sense of humor definitely helps shift the energy, right? Also, what what uh, adding sense of humor does is it resets your nervous system. So I used to be a bit of a nervous wreck, right? I remember I used to shake and, um, you know, I, I couldn't have a cup of tea. I'd shake because I was that nervous. I didn't know what was going on and what was going to happen next, you know. You know, knock at the door and I was like, what the hell is that? And, you know, I was like, oh, my God, this has got to stop. And the more I started laughing about it, the more my uh, nervous system started to chill out and relax. Yeah, to, to, to the point where I've spoke about this before. That whenever I get these big jobs and I walk in, it's just an absolute disaster. I am so chilled. And they'll go, what, Katie, why are you not overwhelmed by things? And I'm like, ah, because I've just been through hell and back. 
you know, and I've said it before, you have context. You, you, once you learn the art of settling your nerves and overriding any an anxiety or anxious thoughts, you become actually quite teflonized and you become quite um, uh, untouchable. Yeah. Yeah. I remember there was um, something kicked off. What was it? It was... Oh, yeah, I was working in a bar and there was a loud bang as if it was a bomb. And everyone jumped apart from me. And I did laugh because I thought, fucking hell, I have become so the other way that I'm not even bothered. Anyway, it was something else. It wasn't a bomb, but it was something else. But I remember laughing because I remember thinking, God, I have reset my nervous so much now. I'm like a fucking turtle, you know, like whatever, you know, it's interesting. Right. Hang on. Let me have a sip. Mmm, nice. Mm. Now then, the other thing with being positive all the time is it's a daily job, it's a daily exercise and you're fully responsible for it. I'm really sorry no one else is. You have to, have to, have to try and be positive every day. Once you get in the momentum of it in the morning, you'll, you'll notice that it kind of builds a momentum and you can kind of relax a little bit. But the uh, oh, who go yawn to treat yourself. Um, but yeah, the staying a posi staying positive and seeing the bright side, or trying to at least see a bit of a better viewpoint. And I know Gabby Bernstein talks about this. She talks about reaching for the next thought. So if I give you an example, um, back in the day, I had flatmates. This was about I think twenty years ago. I had a flatmate who was so fucking dirty, like she was just gross. And um, it got to a point where I'm like, bish, I ain't your slave. Like, I ain't doing it. And it used to really, really get to me. And I used to reach for the next thought, which was I'd walk in and be like, you're disgusting freaking thing. In my head, you know, obviously. And then I'd reach for the next thought going, oh, well, you know what? Maybe she's obviously like in her head about everything because she can't even can smell this or she can't even see it so kind of letting them off the hook just a little bit helps your mentality um don't let them off the hook as in let them in your life and ruin it but reaching for the next thought or at least trying to have a more positive thought definitely diffuses the situation you know so you know happiness happiness is a choice um i believe before everyone starts going it's not it is to a degree you are responsible for your moods 1000%. I've met people who are not responsible for their moods or in control of their moods and it's like roll, uh, riding a roller coaster because they are constantly in uh, in reaction to their moods and your mood will change about 5 million times a day depending on what's happened and how overwhelmed you feel and how inadequate you feel. So I recommend that you take control of your moods because they will take control of you. Um, the other thing to be positive about is your standard. Keep that standard high. I don't care who you like, who you've fallen in love with. I don't, I don't give a shit who these people are. Do not drop your standards. The minute you drop your standards, you'll be unhappy. You have those standards because they make you happy. So, again, I'll give you some examples. My room that you see me living in on Instagram, by the way. I am a bit of a private person. I'll only show you kind of one aspect of my life. 
but it's like um my room has to be a certain way I like that it's my standard clean and neat and I'm not gonna lie I'm a bit of a sucker for 90 degree angles so you know if things are like on a desk then I kind of have to move them a little bit so they're in a 90 degree angle I know it's weird but I like it it's my thing my bed has to be made a certain way it's not OCD by the way it's just a standard you know I won't buy anything that is um makes me feel crap so if something makes me feel good I will buy it I'm not going to compromise and I'm going to constantly invest in my happiness so this is where it's your job you know so, for example, if I went shopping and I saw a jumper that was very heavy in the arms and just weighed down and I put it on, I didn't feel great, but, you know, I thought, oh, this will do. And then it never makes me feel great. And then I'm like, oh, great. I've just reimbursed the fact that this will do because I'm not very great. You know, that's not going to wash with me. I'm going to put something on. It's going to make me feel good or it's not. So I'm very black and white when it comes to decision making. Is this making me happy or is it not? You know, and it's like relationships, it's like dating. Is this person um, contributing and making me happy or are they not? You know, there's just no no room for manipulation. There's no room for um, hot and cold. There's no room for on and off, on and off, on and off. You're either invested or you're not. And the reason I have that standard is because I think I've spent a lifetime listening to people who have had in and outs hot and colds and they're still fucking miserable you know and I'm like I don't really think these things work if you're going to keep following the same language you have to switch the language up you have to be strict and you have to be like you're either in or you're out if you're okay then you're going to have an okay relationship and things will be okay but nothing will be great okay so having a standard Knowing that that standard creates a safety for you, that makes you happy. That that creates positivity. I feel safe, you know. This is great. You know, it's about boundaries. It's about, it is boundary setting at the end of the day. Yeah. I never have anyone who um, is unsure. I'm unsure about this. I don't know if I want this or not. Okay, well, you go and take some time out and you find me when you're sure. Because I haven't got along on this planet and I'm not going to spend time navigating your unsurety. That's a you job. So what makes me happy is when people take responsibility for themselves. I take responsibility for myself, so I expect other people to do the same. So having that standard really, really helps me feel happy because I'm always happy with my decision making. I'm always happy with how I'm living my life. Do you see what I mean? So people who are like wishy-washy, not sure, oh, I don't know, I'm not sure, guaranteed in a year they will still be unhappy, not sure, don't know, don't know what's going on. Just fucking commit. Just do something and make that decision a reality. Like, come on. This is what I mean. Happiness, positivity is your job. It's your job. Okay, I'm not discounting the level of Um, overwhelming mood where people literally are so debilitated that they need medical help I'm not um, including that in in this podcast at all I'm no no doctor I'm talking about the stuff where you're frivolous and you're um, you're not taking responsibility for yourself or your mood and it's everybody else's fault you know so no no Um, the other things that help happiness 
and positivity is routine. Now, it's a bit of a double-edged sword. If you're too too much of a slave to the routine, then you actually miss out on happiness. You know, like, oh, no, 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 I can't, I can't do that because I've got to do this. It's like, that's a shame because what was about to happen was something really funny, but you've missed out on it because you've decided to, no, no, I need to stick with routine. But routine in its own right, if you can be flexible with the routine, adds safety and happiness. You know, I'm glad I've done that now. I'm happy. You know, don't ever underestimate the tiny pockets of happiness that you feel that you that you don't possibly recognize throughout the day. So when I come in from work or I come in from something and I come into my room and it is spotless, it is well, bed is well made, there's a, a little pocket of happiness and joy that happens that I don't always recognize because it happens so daily. So always tune in to the small pockets of happiness that you feel. Like I'm writing a book at the moment, I'm talking about I have a coffee in the morning with cream. And when I put the cream in, I love how it marbles and I just watch it. And it's actually something I really look forward to in the morning. It's a pocket of joy that I didn't recognize before. But when I watch it splash and I watch it swirling around, it's like watching, you know, Van Gogh come to life, quite honestly. Yeah. And um, it's quite interesting. So pockets of joy, recognizing those pockets of joy. So anyway, hope this all helps. Um, just take responsibility for your own happiness because no one else will, quite honestly. And once you are responsible for your own happiness, you create a standard and that's when you'll find other people then start contributing to your happiness. So they don't create your happiness, they contribute to it. Okay, so remember that when you say, I want someone to make me happy. Well, marry a comedian then who's always on point, you know. So anyway, love you. Bye.